0: Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Uh, We are in week two of this series we're calling The Kingdom Code. And last week, if you didn't catch it, I want you to catch up on that. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, You can catch this message. Last week, we laid the foundation that. You and I may live in the great nation of Texas, come on everybody, but we are, yeah, yeah. but we are citizens of another kingdom. Say amen to that. That our citizenship, even though we have an earthly citizenship, my allegiance is first to the kingdom that I come from. And in that kingdom, listen close, presidents uh, rule countries, but kingdoms have kings. And Jesus is not a president that you can vote in and out of office every four years or you can protest or build a fence or do whatever you want to do to keep him in or out. Jesus is king of his kingdom and if you're a citizen of the kingdom, you are submitted to his kingship. That was better than you Amen. I said, if, if you're submitted, if you, if you really believe that, that this is my home, that kingdom is where I belong, then I don't, get to, I don't get to protest the policies of the king. I get to line my life up and submit my life to whatever the king wants in his kingdom. Amen, everybody? We kind of live in a world, I'm just being honest with you, that wants to move around absolutes and who's what and what's what and how God designed things. And Well, if we just pretend or I identify as, let me tell you what I identify as. I identify as a subject to King Jesus and whatever he says is the final authority. Say amen to that, everybody. That was good. If I don't say anything else, that was good. Now I didn't even write none of that down. And we said last week that if you're citizens of another kingdom, that your values and your behaviors and the culture of another kingdom is what you and I need to possess as citizens of that kingdom. Paul said it like this to the church in Corinth. The Corinthian church, if you're new to the New Testament, the Corinthian church was, um, they was wild, y'all. I mean, I don't know how to say it. Uh, Paul kept writing to the Corinthians about their excess. They would do things excessively, Uh, like for instance, he had to correct uh, when they would take communion; they were getting drunk. Come on, somebody, what'd you say? Yeah, for that? Yeah. (laughs) Paul corrected that, Reuben. I'm kidding. Some of y'all said yeah. Y'all know it is. (laughs) Paul had to correct divine order. He writes in Second Corinthians about divine order that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is man. I didn't find any other definitions for genders in there. Just the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man. Say amen to them. That's divine order. You think it's all new stuff. You think, oh, the, the world's getting so bad and sin's getting so worse. No, no, no. This has always existed. And Paul had to correct the Corinthian church about divine order. He's always having to correct them. And after he writes two letters to them, correcting so much excess in their life, then he then he finally just toward the end of 2 Corinthians, he finally just says, Let me say it to you this way. If you have your Bibles open them to 2 Corinthians 6, hold your finger right there. I'm gonna teach you out of the Luke today in Matthew, but but 2 Corinthians 6, Paul writes to, to the church and he says, Therefore, in other words, in light of all of this stuff I've told you about how you have to calm down that excessive living, about how you need to get in divine order and alignment with God, therefore, come out. Underline that under your Bibles. Come out from them. Everybody shout them. Shout them. Now listen, we live in a world that tells you it's us and them. Us and them. The Bible is not saying, I want, you to, I want you to have your camp and their camp and they're dirty and you're clean and they're wrong and you're right. That's not it. But he did say this, and I told you last week, you can't make a difference if you're not different. In other words, there has to be a defining characteristic of a kingdom citizen that the rest of the world looks at you and says, I don't know why, but I want what they have. I want the marriage they have. I want the joy they have. I want the peace they have. I want the children they have. Come on, somebody. There has to be something different. So Paul says to the Corinthians, come out and be different, separate, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing, and then I'll receive you. Interesting, he says, don't even touch it. When I meet with people sometimes struggling in sin, I always want this to kind of be the idea that uh, not everything is a sin, but everything is a seed. Write that down. Not everything is a sin, but everything is a seed. And there's some stuff in your life, it may be lawful to you, but you're going to hate the harvest you get out of it. Let me, say it, let me say it better this way. There's some of us, is alcohol a sin according to God's word? No. Is drunkenness a sin according to God's word? Yes. So if you've got a proclivity towards addiction, why would you go order your meals seated at seated at the bar? That's what that's what Paul meant when he said, Don't touch the unclean. If you've got a struggle here and a temptation here, why would you get yourself close to are y'all still here? Why would you get yourself close to that? Don't worry. I'm not just picking on alcohol. I'll find something else that you're doing. If you've got a problem with gossip, you may need to get off of Instagram. Because all you can do and all you talk about is what everybody else got and what everybody else is doing. Just don't touch it. Are you with me? Don't touch it. And so Paul is saying to them, listen, I want you to be different. But I don't want you to be different like you're better than. I want you to be different because you have citizenship in a different kingdom. And that kingdom has its own values. I like to say it this way. Write this in your notes. The Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. I said, the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. I don't want you to hear this. Well, they're wrong, and I'm right, and they're dirty, and I'm not, and I'm saved, and they're lost. I don't want you to. No, the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you, but it does make me better than me. Now, this church is an unapologetic Spirit-filled church. You say, Pastor, what does it mean to be spirit-filled? I'll tell you. I'm glad you asked. Thank you. A spirit-filled church in theology, we have Pentecostal charismatic theology. Don't let that shock you. I never like to sneak up on anybody. That doesn't mean it's weird and wild. Matter of fact, if it's weird and wild, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's you. I grew up in weird and wild. That ain't the Holy Spirit. That's just you showing out. But... It is powerful. And the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's available to every believer is subsequent to your salvation. You can't do anything apart from the cross of Jesus. The death, burial, and resurrection is how you and I get saved. Say amen to that. It's the free gift of God that he gives you eternal life. But after that, subsequent to that salvation, you can experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which I think every believer needs. What's that for? Well, when Jesus leaves the earth, he tells the disciples, you go to Jerusalem and you wait till you get baptized with power from on high. And when you do, you will be my... I heard what you said last service. He yelled out disciples as loud as he could last service. And the Bible says witnesses. And he knew in the moment... (laughs) Ah, you ever done that? Anybody ever done that? I'm picking on him, but I I do it all the time. Brandy's like, just stop yelling out. You'll be my witnesses. In other words, I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, but not so that you can be better than everybody else, but so you can be better than you. And if you're struggling today and you don't hear anything else I say, you're struggling with sin or addiction or problems or temptation, let me tell you, you need the Holy Spirit. That's, That's what makes you better than you. And so Paul is saying, I want you to come out, and I want you to be separate, and I I want you to live a different way. And we said last week that as a kingdom citizen, there's a kingdom code, what we're calling code. The kingdom culture, there's something that you can do to unlock the blessing of God in your life. And and I want you to catch this over the next several weeks when you bring people to church. And as you commit to this series, I want you to catch, I'm just going to give you some things that if you'll do it, it unlocks the spiritual blessing of God in your life. I graduated from high school in 1999. Where's all my 90s kids at? Where are y'all at? Yeah, I, you can tell. Y'all don't have jobs and whatnot. <laughs> I'm kidding. I jest. I jest. So I graduated in 99, and the high school I went to, I graduated the school in North Carolina, in Concord, North Carolina, and I had lockers. We had lockers in our high school. Y'all still have lockers? Kids still have lockers? I don't know if they're outlawed or... Anyways, we had, uh, you never know, and and we had a lock on our lockers. Now, I never quite understood, Kesley, why I had to lock my locker. Like, no one was stealing books in my school. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't know who was trying to do that. But anyway, we had locks on our lockers, and we had that combination lock. Are you with me on this? Now, here's what you need to know about me. I'm not the brightest crayon in the box, Okay. And I really struggle with math and numbers. Anybody really good at numbers and remembering numbers? And math? Hold your hands up so we know who to hate. You? You? I can tell. Smug. Y'all just walk around like I'm good at math. Yeah. Whatever. I couldn't remember numbers. I still struggle to remember numbers. Your phone number or, or, or like if, if your name wasn't in my phone, don't ask me what somebody's number is. Somebody's number is their name in my phone. That's what their number is. So I would struggle remembering the combination to my locker, and I remember I would, I would, I would, I would just get so frustrated and just be, you know, be turning. I, I, you know, I've locked up all my books because you don't want thieves stealing math books. God, and so and so and and I couldn't remember. it. And then I don't know why I don't know why we do this. I would put my ear up to it and I would be turning it like I could hear something going on, on the inside. You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what I was listening for. Like I'm MacGyver or something. I got no idea what's going on in there. (laughs) But there was a code. Let me tell you what is going on inside that lock. Listen close. It's got nothing really to do with the numbers. There's some gears inside that lock that when you put the right combination in the right code, they align and it unlocks. Oh, I'm preaching now. If there's some stuff in your life that you'll finally get in alignment to God, it will unlock the blessing of God in your life. There's some stuff you've prayed for for decades that is locked up behind your obedience to the code. There's some stuff that God wants to give you. He cannot give you until you get in in alignment to the code. Everything has a code that unlocks something next. My son is uh, it p- plays Mario games and uh, he loves talking about the next level and he gets so intense about it. he's like his mama, just very competitive and, and, and he get like with himself, not with me. and he just he, he wants to win and go to the next and, and he talks off if I unlock this, Eric, then I can get to that and I'm like, you get it, buddy. I don't get after that. Princess Peach or whatever's happening right there. I don't know. There's a code. Hey, men, there's a code in our marriage. Come on, somebody, if you want to have good times. I will. This is a good time to have kids ministry. Come on, if you brought them in here, it's your fault. But men, if you want to unlock happy times at the Rose household, you got to write, the the code's got to be right. You with me on this? Come on, you got to do the dishes. That turns the code. Hey. You got to take a shower. Come on, somebody. That turns the code. Put that ax all over you. You know what I'm saying? Top to bottom. Three in one. Like God. Y'all know what I'm saying. Come on, you gotta not be an idiot for a few hours. Come on, you gotta watch Grey's Anatomy. Are you with me, everybody? And then at nighttime, it'll unlock that code. Ooh, gee, I gotta go. It'll unlock the code. Everything has a code. Listen, your marriage has a code, your relationships have codes, the kingdom has a code. And if you'll get an alignment to the kingdom. Now, I'm not telling you that your life does this just so God will bless you. But I am telling you, you will unlock some spiritual things that you've been believing and praying for that cannot happen unless you get the code right. Are you with me, everybody? There's blessing and there's favor. There's financial freedom. It's a code. It's really simple. People come to me and go, Pastor, I just need a financial breakthrough. I'm not trying to be mean. I promise I'm not trying to be mean. And I'm not even being smart aleck. I'm just asking. If you come to me and want to meet with me about a financial breakthrough, the first thing I'm going to ask for is your tithing record. Because that's the code to unlock the blessing of God on my life. That's true whether you believe it or not. I'm going to preach tithing. Whether You you don't have to believe truth for it to be true. The truth of the matter is when I put God first in my tithing, then I unlock the blessing on the rest of the 90% that I have. Well, I tithe with my time. It doesn't work that way. It's the increase. It's whatever God increases me. I put God first. The first 10% goes to God. It belongs to him, by the way. It doesn't belong to the church. It belongs to God. So somebody said, well, I can't trust the church. Well, you can trust God, can't you? It belongs to God. It's God's money. I give it to God, and then it unlocks. Literally, the Bible says it like this. He'll open the windows of heaven. Why? Because they're locked up until you tithe. I'm preaching too hard for y'all not to amen. I told y'all my ears hurt. I said it unlocks the windows of heaven in your life. There's a code to it. There's a code to it. And I want to give you this code over the next several weeks. Jesus tells Peter about the code Uh, They're they're asking a a bunch of questions Uh, Matthew 16 I hope you brought your Bible I've asked you to bring your physical Bible to church If you have one If you don't have one Ask us We have plenty I'd love to give you a Bible today Matthew 16 I bring a King James version Because I'm spiritual Jesus is teaching about the Pharisees And Sadducees And religion And religious things And you can tell that the Pharisees and Sadducees have missed the whole boat. They think Jesus is here to bring a new religion. And Jesus is here to give you access to God. And, and, so, and so they're missing the whole thing. And he's trying to correct all of this. And then he gets his disciples together. Matthew 16, 13. This is not on the screen, but 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 I'll get there. And, and Jesus says, he comes to the region of Caesarea Philippi. asks his disciples, who do people say the son of man is in other words who who do people say that I am and and they replied well some people say you're John the Baptist come back to life some people say you're Elijah come back to life some people say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets come back to life matter of fact some orthodox Jews today believe that uh that Elijah the prophet will come before the Messiah Uh, what about you verse 15 Jesus said who do you say that I am Simon Peter verse 16 answers, in the King James he says, Thou art the Christ, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Now look on the screen, let me, let me catch the rest of it, verse 18. And I tell you that you are, everybody shout Peter. Peter. Now he just calls him Simon, son of Jonah. And then when he, when, when he has this revelation about who Jesus is, he, he, he immediately calls him Peter. You know why? Because in the kingdom, your identity changes. Let me say it better this way. You could come to God as the daughter of an abuser, but when you get born again, you are no longer the daughter of an abuser. You're the daughter of the Most High God. You could come into the kingdom the son of a cusser, but when you come into the kingdom of God, now your mouth gets clean. You can come into the kingdom, with this is why generational curses are broken at when you're born again. Because you come into the kingdom the son of an alcoholic, but when you get into the kingdom, you're born again. Now you're the son of an overcomer. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. He changes his identity. He says, you're Peter, and on this rock. Now, I know Peter means rock, but he wasn't saying I'm building it on you, Peter. He's saying I'm building it on this revelation that Jesus is the son of the most high God. He said, on this rock, I will build my... Everybody shout church. Church. Shout church. Church. Shout church. I am preaching church to you all year long. I'm preaching that church is essential all year long. Church is under attack. Let me tell you something. If they'll go after Dr. Seuss, they're going to come after God's word. And this is going to be a church that stands on God's word. Shout amen to that, everybody. Just know. So I'm preaching church to you the whole time. Jesus answers. Listen to this. This is Revelation. Jesus answers, the revelation you have that that I'm the son of the most high God, I'm going to build a church on that. I'm going to build my church on the revelation that God comes to us. God can do anything. That God's all powerful. That the incarnation is what brings people hope. That Jesus is the only hope of the world. Doesn't really matter your political party. Doesn't really matter who you voted for. Doesn't really matter what the pastor what's the world going to do. What's going to happen in Israel. What's going to happen in Washington D.C. I don't have a clue. There's a lot of good Bible teachers. Go find out what they say. Let me tell you all I know. Jesus wins at the very end. Come on everybody. He still wins at the very end. And Jesus tells Peter I'm going to build my, my, my church on that. And the gates of Hades. The gates of hell will not overcome it. Now, underline this part. This one what I want to get to. And I will give you some keys. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever, if you, if you apply these keys, if you'll use these keys, whatever it is that you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. And whatever it is that you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. Let me say it better this way. Jesus said, if you'll use these keys, this code, if you'll unlock, there's some stuff that is locked up that can be released in your life, and there's some stuff that is released in your life that God will lock up. Y'all didn't say amen to that. There's some stuff that is locked up that God wants to release in your life, and there's some stuff that is released in your family and your marriage and your finances, and God said, I'll lock that up. He says it like this, that in giving, he says, he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Yeah. You know what that means? I'll lock up the devil in your finances if you'll put God first. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a key. Are you with me, everybody? Is this helping anybody? It's a key. It's a key. So I want to give you some keys. I got to hurry. My clock's all wrong. It says I have 1,372 minutes. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Oh. Man, I'm preaching a third service today. Here's the first one. I'm just going to give you some. Now, I'm not going to ever preach that again. because, oh, not, not ever, but not in this series. I'm just going to give you some code. I'm going to give you some keys. Here's the first one. Write this down. Commit to the party. Commit to the I want you to write it just like that. Commit to the party. Commit to the party. God has a plan to save the world. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is distracted by the lost? Luke 15, he tells one story in three different uh, narratives. Uh, He talks about a lost coin and a lost sheep and a lost son. And the principle that he's trying to get out is if you want to know what I'm most interested in, it's lost people. And if you want your life to be about what Jesus is about, then you're going to be about reaching lost people. And in today's world, there's a lot of things that can get us distracted, and I wish we would do this, and we need to be talking about that. And, Pastor, when are we going to have a march against this, and when are we going to stand up against that? Let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to show up every week, every day, every serve day, every first of the month, everything we do, every dollar we spend, we're going to spend it on what Jesus is interested in, and Jesus is interested in lost people. Shout amen to that. Amen. He's not interested in fighting on Facebook to get your point across. He's interested in you loving people back to hope. He's interested in lost people. He's distracted. Matter of fact, it's why Jesus came. Luke 19, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, for the Son of Man came. This is why I'm here, to seek and to save. Shout the lost. If you want to know what God is about, He is about The lost. And here's the awesome thing. Listen. God chose you and me, kingdom citizens, to work through. Every major action after day six of creation that God has ever done on planet earth, he's used a person. Let me say that to you again. Every interaction God has had on planet earth after day six of creation, he used a person. Even naming all the animals. He goes to Adam. A person. And he says, you have a job to do. You've got responsibility here. When he creates Eve, he said, y'all have responsibility. I'm going to give you this garden, but you got to tend it, and you got to work it, and you got to do something in it. Come on, God has a plan for everybody, and you and I are the plan of God to reach the world. Shout amen to that. Amen. I like to say it this way. The church is God's plan A to reach the world, and he doesn't have a plan B. The church is God's plan A to reach the world, and he doesn't have a plan B. Let me go ahead and dispel the myth. Church is not a building. Now, we're, we're trying to, to get a, a permanent facility. I wish I could tell you. I really do. One day, maybe I'll just take a whole service and wine. I probably won't do that. But anyways, we, we've tried, and we're, we're still trying. We're actively. I mean, we had conversations yesterday about, uh, about uh, potential uh, uh, opportunities. But the church is not a building. We've told you that for the last year and a half. But it is a gathering. You didn't catch that, so listen. The church is not a building, but every time you see the word church in the New Testament, including when Jesus tells Peter, I'm going to build my church, it's the word ecclesia. And ekklesia in Greek literally means the gathering of the body. So let me say it this way. I, even though I'm glad you can observe church, On your phone. You can't go to church on your phone. Because you go to church. When you gather with other believers. I'm thankful. I know there are people who need this right now. I know there are people who are hurting and want to be together, and you can't. And my heart breaks for you, and I'm with you, and we love you, and you're a part of our family, and you're serving and committed and giving and tithing and showing up everywhere you possibly can. And God's going to reward you for that. But there's a whole bunch of people who believe this is good enough, and I went to church today on my TV. You didn't go to church. You watched us go to church. I'm preaching good. Woo, I'm going to listen to this myself. <laughs> but church is a gathering. Church is a gathering. Church is a gathering. First Corinthians, Paul keeps writing to the church of Corinth, and he says it like this, 12 and 27. Now you, everybody say me. Now you are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. There's two you's. One's plural, one's singular. The first one's plural. You are the body of Christ. That's why I tell you, you're not the church. You and you are the church. You're not the church. You, you, and you are the church. Are you with me, everybody? It's always plural. God never promised he would have a holy person. He said, I'll have a holy people. It's always you. Now, you are the body of Christ, but you... Have a job to do. You are a part of the body. And you have a job to do. And I didn't put this on the screen for your notes. But I want you to write this down. I'm in the body. And I'm needed. You are needed. I want you to hear that loud and clear from me. You're needed here. Your gifts are needed here. Your your, your presence is needed here. I used to preach, Chris, I was young and dumb and stupid, and I would say stupid things like, you know, you don't get points for showing up. Yeah, you do. <laughs> showing up's half the battle. In the hell we face out there, showing up is half the battle, everybody. Yeah. Of course, you You need presence is part of it. Showing up and saying you have a part to play and you're needed. We need you on the team. We need you in serving. We need you on serve days. We need you in your giving so we can reach more people with the life-giving message of Jesus. A body cannot function properly if all the parts don't work. Trust me. I know. Ask my ears today. <laughs> It ain't working because I can't hear nothing. I spent the whole service, first service, going, I hope this is good because I don't know. I can't hear nothing. The body needs all the parts to work together. Are you with me, everybody? And when all the parts work together, it is a party. Write this down. God's house is where God's people experience God's presence and prepare for God's purpose. God's house, the gathering the church, is where God's people, you, experience God's presence and then we prepare, we're equipped and empowered for God's purpose. And God has a party. I uh, We have two kids, a uh, nine-year-old little girl, six-year-old little boy, and uh, I preach about them all the time. There's going to come a time where they're not in kids' ministry and I can't preach about them anymore, so I use them all the time. Um, When we have birthday parties, all the parents in the room know what I'm talking about here. It's always a stressful time in the Rose House because we have to think about how many kids we're going to invite to the birthday parties. And Brandy is a Christian, and she loves people. I am trying to be a Christian and love people. And Brandy would like to invite all of the tiny ankle biters from the cul-de-sac. And some of them little dudes get on my nerves and stink and so, at birthday party time, we have this conversation, Ruben, where we say, okay, who are we inviting? Who can we cut? Because, by the way, it gets expensive, everybody. Come on. Like, I, I want to bring your kids, but anyways, so so we talk about who we cut. I want to cut all these bad kids. I don't even like them. I don't like their parents. If they come, their parents are coming. I'm going to have to talk to them. I don't want to talk to them. And that kid stinks. And I, and I know he eats his boogers. I watched him eat his own booger. I do not want him at this party. And we go back and forth. It's true. You can ask her. We go back and forth, and she's like, "Baby, they, you know, our kids love them, and I, that's okay. I, I love them too, over there, in their house." <laughs> now listen, Jesus wants everybody. I'm going to make a few statements here. I want you to listen really clearly. The reason why we don't have to have a diversity training at City Hills Church is because this is a church like heaven, and this is Jesus' church. And at Jesus' church, everybody can come to the party. I'm going to dig deeper, so get ready. Just because they're not like you, come from where you come from, the same culture as you, speak the same language as you, get here the same way you got here, have the same skin tone as you, or the same sexual orientation as you, does not mean they are not welcome to the party. I'm not saying we condone everything, but I'm saying everybody gets an invitation. Are you with me? Everybody gets an invitation. Everybody's welcome. Everybody belongs. Everybody has a house. Well, pastor, I don't know if I want that kind in our church. Oh, you don't? What's church for if not? We let you come. Why couldn't we let them come? We let your nasty attitude, gossip, and negative thing come. Why Why don't we invite everybody to the party? Come on, everybody. Come on. God takes his invitations. Everybody gets to come. Jesus, I love Jesus because he talks often about parties. matter of fact, his first miracle was at a party. He turned water into wine. Some of y'all like to party like Jesus. <laughs> y'all need to be drinking water. Anyway, and so he turns water into wine at a dinner party. He's at another dinner party, and, and the guys, the boys, the disciples are around him, and they say to him, Jesus, is this what heaven's going to be like? Like, is there going to be a banquet in heaven and a party? And Jesus says, I'm so glad you asked. Because there is. It's going to be. And they play Tejano music. Yeah. And mariachi. Yeah. Oh, I knew it was coming. And tacos. Come on, somebody. That's how I know. That's how I know it's mariachi in heaven. Because there's tacos in heaven. Ergo, Tejano and mariachi. Anyway. Anyway. I'm sidetracked. It's late. I'm I'm usually eaten by now. (laughs) Is it going to be a party? Jesus said, man, is it going to be a party? So he replies with this story. Luke 14. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a party, a great feast. And he sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, when the party was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guest. Let me pause here and tell you. That's you and I. Our job between now and Easter is to get people to the party. He sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. Let me stop here and tell you, God's house is more compared to a party than it is a quiet, sleepy experience. God's house is more compared to a party then it is a quiet, sleepy experience. Somebody asked me one time we were when we, our church was meeting in a movie theater a couple of miles from here, and uh, we were uh, there, kind of a long tunnel. And, and she caught me in the tunnel, a precious little woman had caught me in the tunnel. And I don't know if it was her first time or second time, but anyway, she, she caught me. and She said, "Pastor, I need to ask you a question." She said, "Is it is it always this loud?" <laughs> True story. My hand to God, I looked her right in the eyes. I said, "Oh no, no. Sometimes it's worse." <laughs> Sometimes it's worse. Sometimes I spit. Sometimes I jump. And and listen, just because I haven't done it yet, sometimes I walk on the back of those chairs. And sometimes I jump on top of that speaker. And sometimes I jump up there. And sometimes the music's loud. And sometimes people jump and clap. Why? Because God's house is a party. It's not some quiet, sleepy experience. It's a party we get to come to. It's a party. It's a party. It's a party. It's a party. Uh, It's... The psalmist David said it like this. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the Lord's house. If you're not glad about church, you're in the wrong church. Get glad. I was glad it was church time. My little boy loves church and he loves the dream team. He thinks he's on the dream team right now. And he got so upset when he learned that when we launch the second service, we don't have a large huddle with our dream team. He was very upset about it yesterday. And the only thing we could do to soothe him from being upset yesterday was to tell him he got to come to church twice today. Because it's a party. It's a party. You ought to be glad to get to church. You ought to have tough time sleeping on Saturday night. I I can't wait till I get to God's house and we get to raise our hands together and I get to see people's lives changed and I get to see people commit their life to Jesus and people are going to get baptized and people are going to take next steps with God. Come on. This is a party. Shout amen to that. And and so Jesus sends out all of, of these invitations. He sends out all of his all of his servants And he says Go invite people to the party And and I want you to I want you to do that I, I'm, I'm inviting you To commit to the party And, and I, how important it is And I'll tell you that In a moment So Jesus sends all this out And then Luke 14 Continues like this But they All Began Making Excuses I wish I could Tell you the excuses I've heard During COVID Um I'm going to go ahead and say, I told you last week, I'll tell you again, just be consistent. But if Six Flags is safe, church is safe. That's true. I will. If HEB is safe, I've seen y'all on HEB, y'all wild in there. If If the beach is safe, if Costco is safe, if Target is safe, if school is safe, if your office is safe, if the bank is safe, if the only place you haven't come back to is church, it ain't church's problem. It's a habit you formed. Okay. So they all began making excuses. Listen to them. One said, I just bought a field, and I'd like to go inspect it. Um, a lot of people buy farms and never look at them. So anyway, this guy <laughs> bought, bought this farm and didn't even look at it. I'd like to go Another one said, I just bought 10 cows, 5 yoke of oxen, and, and I want to try them out. Um, you know, work calls and I got to go to work and I got, you know, I got to do it. My favorite one is this next one. Only married dudes understand this. Another one said, I just got married, so I cannot come. <laughs> he gives no other excuse except, listen, brother, I got married. Um, yeah, I can't come. I, can't, I just, yeah, I just can't come. Let me, can, can I talk to you about this? I don't want to condemn you, but can I, can I talk to you about this? Why don't you encourage your spouse to serve? Why would you hold your spouse back when they say, hey, I'd like to get at church early so that I can serve first service and sit second? Why would you say, I can't believe you're going to go up there. Why would you? I want to ride together. I I can't believe you're giving so much time there. Why, Why don't you encourage your spouse so they don't have to choose church or you? That was free. So the servant returned and told his master what he said. His master was furious. Come play. Here's what I want you to hear. God's house is a party, and God takes his party invitations seriously. God's house is a party, and God takes his party invitations seriously. And the first code I want to unlock for you is to commit to the party. We live in such a non committal world right now, you know what I mean? So many people struggle with commitment. I do. I struggle with commitment on the cereal aisle. I struggle with commitment on the chip aisle. Anybody else? And, and, they, and they tricked me this way because they put the Funyuns beside the Doritos. Why would you do that? Why would you make a brother have to choose like that? But there's people who struggle with commitment in a lot of different areas. Do, do, you, do you know that the average person on a dating app, there are more dating apps on app stores globally today than there are Bible study apps? You know why? It's not, it, it's not 18, 19, 20-year-olds that are on dating apps. It's 30-year-olds that are on dating apps because they're non-committal. They're just constantly playing the field. Maybe there's somebody new. Maybe there's somebody new. Now, we live in this world that it's hard to nail anybody down to anything. You, you ever invited somebody over and they go, oh, yeah, let me think about it. Well, which one is it? Yeah, or let me think about it. Let me tell you what that means. If nothing else better comes along, I'll come to your thing. <laughs> right? We just live in this non-committal world. And I think COVID kind of accelerated it. And I'm calling us to committing to the party. That God really takes his house seriously. And there's something that will unlock. You say, "Pastor, how is that the code?" Well, here's here's why. Because the people who made excuses about the party, the Bible says the master was very furious. He goes on to talk about what would happen to them. And he goes on to tell them who to go get. You go get the lame. You go get the blind. You go get the halt. You go get everybody in the highways and byways and tell them to come. In other words, I'm going to build my church. Now, I'd love for you to be a part of it. But I'm going to build my church. And I'm, I'm asking you to unlock the blessing of God in your life by just committing. Just make it a priority. I want you to have FOMO. Do you know what FOMO is? Yes, the fear of missing out. I want you to have FOMO every Sunday. You didn't get to go to church. Hey, why don't you come over and let's have a barbecue before the game. I'd love to, but I go to church first and then I can go tailgate. I want you, I got to get there. What's one Sunday? Well, I don't know what may happen. God may have a word for me. I got to be in the house. I got to commit to the party. Jesus takes his party invitation seriously. And I said, yes, I'm committing to the party. When I go to the party, there's healing and there's hope and there's encouragement and there's engagement and there's purpose and there's community and there's empowerment. And I need the party every single week in my life. Shout amen to that. Did you know within 30 miles of this particular building, there's a million plus people who live? Did you know that under 20% of people in San Antonio, under 20% of all residents of San Antonio say they're committed to a life-giving evangelical relationship with Jesus Christ? We've got work to do. And God takes his party seriously. We're not waiting on a building. We're not waiting on something else. The building's not the hope of our city. We're the hope. The church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Say amen to that. The church mobilized is the hope of the world. It, a building is just a means to an end. It's a step. But we're taking next steps all the time. Like adding a second service. Now look around. There's a few empty chairs. But listen to me. Look at them. Look at look at those empty chairs. You know why we have empty chairs here? So that you can fill them with empty hearts. So that God can fill empty hearts for all of eternity. It's always about committing to the party. It's why on Easter, there's two services. It's why I'm asking you right now. I'm preaching you into Easter. I'm preaching you into this season to start inviting people. So many people will say yes. So many people are waiting on you. I always tell you this way. If you'll do what I can't do, and you'll bring people and invite your friends, neighbors, coworkers, family members, then I'll do what you can't do. And I'll preach the gospel in a clear, compelling, anointed way. And together... We'll do what Jesus called us to do. So many people are ready this Easter to say yes. So many people need hope. We didn't get to gather last Easter. In Jesus' name, I want you to fill this room to capacity this Easter. Come on, everybody. Let's fill it up with hungry hearts that need the party. Just commit to it to unlock the blessing of God in your life. New Dream Teamers came through Growth Track this past week. They've been coming to our church for a couple of months they retired to the hill country they drive a fair distance to church because the difference is worth the distance and um they come to city hills and and uh, they traveled for a little while and then when they finally settled down uh, they said we're going through growth track get on the team and they did went through growth track came members got on the dream team and they were here this last weekend and, and we were just talking about their lives and um uh, they had spent 40 years serving their last church. Listen to me, 40 years, Not on staff, serving their last church. 40 years, Pat. You know that. You've done it, serving. And 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 he and he looked at me and he said, um, "We're blessed, and God's given us a whole lot." And I said, "Well, what do you think th- this is?" And he said, "Honestly, it's the commitment we made." To just go all in with God just Commit to the party And it's come out in so many different ways it's, it's, it's blessing in our homes It's blessing in our children It's blessing on my health It's blessing in our finances it's, It was a key that, that when we put it in the When we unlocked Suddenly blessing came And I know the feeling Of generational blessing Because of the house Three generations ago my grandmother two, two, two grandmothers one just passed away this last year in COVID walked into a little Pentecostal church in southeast Arkansas the delta of Arkansas was terrible it's terrible is it terrible Brandy it's terrible the little Pentecostal church she walks in with four kids under the age of 12 my grandfather had just died of lung cancer She's a single mom Raising four kids And she needs some hope So she walks in this little Pentecostal church Gives her life to Jesus Raises four kids Who give their lives to Jesus Those four kids married Four other kids in that church Who give their lives to Jesus Two of those kids at 18 got married. At 21 had a son and gave his life to Jesus. And at 14, I was in a little Pentecostal church and I gave my life to Jesus. And the best things in my life have come because of a commitment we made to the party. Now, our family's not perfect. It's far from it. I'm a little emotional. I dreamed about my grandmother the other day. It was odd. Um, But everything I have today is because I committed to the party. I met my wife in church, at church camp. Church camp was the tender of the 80s. (laughs) Not really. Um, Anyway, we met at church camp. We got married in a church. Nothing wrong with you getting married anywhere else. We got married in church and then 11 years of marriage we couldn't have a child we um, we had more miscarriages than we could count we had a lot of babies in heaven and um, I remember uh, 10 years into marriage we walked down to the front of a little Pentecostal church again and somebody laid their hands on our heads and said you're going to have a baby God's going to heal you you're going to have a baby 11 years later we had a little girl 2 years and 9 months later we had a little boy The first place I took my children, they put them in the car seat at at, uh, um, North Austin Medical Center, and the first place, Jeremy, we drove—we drove our car straight to God's house, and I took my infant, my two-day-old infant, out of the car seat, and we committed to the party. We just committed our lives. I don't know what's going to turn out. I'm praying for my kids. uh, uh, You know, I, I. I don't know. I don't know what their lives are going to be. I just know this. A church that meets in a hotel conference center is going to be the hope of the world for my two babies. And we're committed to the party. And I'm asking you, there's blessing. There's an unlocking of the blessing of God if you'll commit. To just go all in with God. I ask you this every year. Just give us a year of your life and go all in. Go to growth track. Get on, a, get on a dream team. Go to serve day. Serve people like crazy. Give, tithe, get in a small group. Every single week. I'm in three. I went to three a couple of weeks ago. Just get in a small group. Just do, do, do it all. Show up early. Serve one, sit one, do the whole thing. And see what God will do if you'll commit to the party. Bow your heads now, Lord Jesus. Sorry again. Father, I just... Um, Pray for people today who um, need to unlock some stuff. God, I pray in this first this first kingdom code, this this key of the kingdom, that they would commit to the house, commit to the party. God, there's some people here who have been on the fence, and 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 honestly, they need God to open up the windows of heaven. There's some stuff they need unlocked. There's some stuff that they need. Uh, uh, locked up that's been devouring in their life. And part of the code is to just finally surrender to Jesus, to finally go all in, to just commit to the party. God, I thank you for a church like this that throws a party every week. I thank you for a church like this that empowers people, encourages people, lifts people. I thank you when I come here, I'm not beat down, I'm lifted up. God I thank you it's a life giving church I thank you the spirit of God is here and where the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom I thank you for that I thank you for liberty that I feel in the room I thank you for worship that's inspiring I thank you for God's word that's applicable I thank you for community that I build here And God I just pray for people who need to unlock the blessing of God in their life that they would comm- say yes to the invitation say yes There are people here today who have never said yes to Jesus. You you can't commit to the party if you don't say yes to the master throwing the party. If that's you, it starts with a simple prayer that I can't pray for you, but I can lead you in and pray with you. And it goes like this, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I repent of all of my sins. I give you my whole life today. I surrender everything today. I say yes to Jesus. You're the king of my life. Be my savior. Be my Lord. Be the king of my heart. I'm committing today. Come on, tell him. Everybody in the room, I'm committing today. Count me in. I'll be there. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shout amen.